for perfection from the archetype is what interested me, actually. Sausages? Oh, yeah, sure, it's this way. It's uh, meat, it's hung, getting smoked. There's, that's in a smokehouse. And none of these pictures, or put it another way, every picture here uh, was taken with a natural light. And this was really gory. This is in the place where after they killed them, they hang them up and let the blood drain and start taking them apart. And I was up to my ankles practically blood, and Betsy practically got sick, and it stunk, and it was noisy, and, uh, but that was part of my job, and so I, so I didn't eat meat for a week, you know, so that was part of the price of being a photographer there. Uh, it was very educational to me. Yeah, Bernie Savage photographed uh, uh, what she called battery chickens once, two chickens. She didn't eat chicken for a year, she said, after, after photographing the, that. And she, that was a similar kind of thing, on a smaller scale. Yeah. I was going to say, you're lucky you could eat it after a week after that. Yeah, that's pretty strong. <laughs> well, it was like flying. I've had some bad flying experiences. And uh, the only thing to do is to just go flying. Go back. Or you don't fly again. You mean bad flying experiences at commercial travel? Yeah. That's true. My father made me go into a car after it was in an accident in college. He just made me get into a car after that to quickly try to overcome that fear. Get back on the horse. Well, I'd like to go up and see these prints, but I just couldn't, you know, I'll do that someday. They're probably your prints. Well, those probably are, then. Because these are the reproduced, this well, they the size. Fancy. This is the same oh, size yeah, reproduction. See, they also, they had a photographer, a photographic lab up there, and so that way they could make, uh, I, I was mainly interested in making the original prints. I then didn't care so much about. They made repro prints or other prints yeah, the negative pictures for newspapers and so on. That, that booklet was an enormous success. Did get a copy of that? Mm -hmm. Maybe they still have a couple kids here. Could very well, you know. Now the meat packing business has changed since then. I think you know, as everyone does, it's much more highly automated, and uh, yeah, I don't know, change. Okay, well, why don't we uh, call it a day here? Yeah, I think maybe we. Uh, I'm sorry, we get started earlier. Yeah, well, we'll just day. This month, so why? Eighth day. Is this the new cassette? November 5th. It's not moving. It's not moving? Is it plugged in? Oh, is it at the end? Did you not take out yesterday's cassette? Yeah. It's at the end. I No. I put in a new cassette and ran it, so it'll get it loose. All right, we'll try again. What will we try? Um, November 5th? November 5th. November 5th, you are there, Arthur Siegel and Jim McQuaid, <laughs> live from Chicago, <laughs> representing the International Museum of Photography at George Eastman House and Elaine Fisher, King, Allison, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I always want to call you Elaine Who's Fisher? Who's that? That's How did Fisher get in this? I don't know who Fisher is. Is there anything? There is an Elaine Fisher. You is there? are subject to something called condensation. Lay down, my boy, and we will straighten your condensations out. <laughs> now, this is the piece of tape we should take. This chapter is called Straightening Out Your Condensations. And this is session eight. Right, and the time is 25 after Lights. one. These bastards are two and a half hours late. I can't keep up. Okay. All right. Let us go. You are showing some slides to me that I, of pictures that I have made somewhere in the. Yeah, this first one is just, just the one of the. That's my father and I. In front of the grocery store. We yeah, when, when I was five years old, I had on a, a velvet suit, which they, I, they tell me uh, well, they were very proud to give me. Now, you notice the fancy lettering on the window? 
-hmm. My father did all the lettering on his window. Oh, he kind of highlighted the strokes. Yeah, and well, he was very, um, very proud of his abilities. I told you he was a marvelous penman. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, the windows later on became works of art, actually. Today they would be called window art or something. Yeah. You know, and you get a grant for ethnic uh, window art. Ethnic yeah. Baby buggy. Yeah, that's my my uh, our family's baby buggy. Uh, my sister then would have been uh, one about somewhere around one year old. Say, so she was probably out there getting the air. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, this is this is the end of the photographs. Okay. Now this this is the these are roughly in chronological order. Yeah. They're, and this is some railroad cars from about 1937 is the date on this. Yeah. Um, and essentially, if you have any comment that you want to make or shed any light on it, I don't know what the context of a lot of these is. This may have been a commercial thing. It may have just been a thing you did for yourself. It may have been both. Um, it's certainly a... Well, it's typical of that period. You'll notice I used a filter. Everybody used filters. <laughs> Today, nobody uses filters. To darken the sky. Yeah, that's know. why you see that little bit of cloud. It's K2 filter. Um, this was something... You see, this is 1937. Is that what yes. it is? Yeah. yeah. Um, I consider that a beautiful formal disposition of tonality. Very influenced by my love of Ferdinand Leger. In the, Similar know, to the color print with that... In the title. That That's right. It's yeah. similar to that color thing Looks later on of yeah. the uh, of the back of the cement truck. Yes. See now, wherein I differed, and what the what the um, where this differs from what was being done actually by Ansel Adams mm -hmm. and probably Weston, certainly all the camera clubs, was that the picture is the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Now Weston was to do was doing that, and later Brett goes into that more so than Edward. But I think this is very beautiful. You see these black forms, which are interpenetrated by the light form. This kind of scallop Those on its side. Yeah, the negative and positive shapes. At the top. And the, the picture, you see, is the whole thing. I mean, all this light, dark light. That I am not interested in what was then called a center of interest. Mm. which everybody talked about in articles and camera clubs and everything. Mm -hmm. It used to drive me nuts. The center of interest to me by that time was the whole, in to, you know, the total picture. Here's one of the earliest color things. Now that was taken, you see, that was taken uh, on that trip to New Orleans. Mm. That okay. was taken in 38 is the date I have on that, so that well, would jive completely. No, yes. that's when it was printed. Something. Well, you took the trips to Orleans while you were in spring break of the Oh, yeah, 38. 38. Yeah, right. that's right. Spring of 38. That's the corroboration of that. And that is, nobody made a color picture like that. Nobody. I mean, this is very, very modern in the sense today. This is yes. the 1977 that's right. picture. That's right. I mean, inherently, the subject has no interest. What it is is the stack on a ship down in New Orleans or something. But uh, that was my interest there. I, I was already interested in color and its relationships and, and the using banal uh, subject matter, not inherent, like that cornet thing you just showed me. I mean, it isn't a picture of a naked woman. It isn't a picture of, you know, a beautiful tree. It's something totally. There's also a high degree of geometry in it, uh, like that other picture uh, in the black kind and white. Kind of an analytic I am for a formal photographer. Even though yesterday when we looked, you know, I'm also a guy that knows how to photograph people. You know, that Oscar Meyer thing is all mm -hmm. about people. It has nothing to do with form in this sense. They are formally organized, but the formally organized Oscar Meyer pictures come out of thousands of taking formal pictures for myself. Like this one. Like that, kind of yeah. Okay. This is, in terms of formal, this is a, maybe not a very good slide, but this is an the, one of the earliest photographs I found, with, you know, it's dated 1940. Yeah. And this is at the Eastman House. Mm. This, this. Uh, well. And this looks like some kind of liquid. Yeah, it is. Thing. It's a combination of a couple of liquids. Um, and I, I wouldn't remember any given one. Uh, I mixed, you know, oil and water and vinegar and India ink and 
what do you squash things or let things Would you dry. mix them out of plate of glass? Yeah. And I made an artificial negative. And then just contact printed it? With no, them? no. Projected it. So these it would be smaller things. You yeah. put them in larger. Uh -huh, and then find the piece that I like. Okay. Now this is the, we've talked about this picture a lot. This is one. Yeah, that's called the right of assembly. And as I told you, that's uh, just part of an entire series. And that little space, which in this case, yeah, there, the was, left there was a little, a little platform there. Uh, that's why they're all pointed that way. Oh, and somebody was speaking from there. Yeah, and the, the exact point, I don't know if that is the picture. Will you look? Is there anything unusual about their hats? Yes. They have them all They're off. all off. Not all, but mostly, yeah. Well, most of them are off. The hats are off. That's because they're, somebody's pledging allegiance to the flag. And so I took a picture there, but then there are other pictures where they all have their hats on. Mm. It'd be a very different look. Yeah, a very different look. Where is this picture from? Here? Cadillac Square. Detroit. Detroit. 41. You mean where is this slide made from? Where is this slide made from? The, the, this actually is made from a print in Louisville, at the oh. archives in Louisville. Oh, really? What the hell? How did they get that? Maybe John Church uh, bought it or something when he was down there. Yeah, because I... It's in their fine print collection. It's not in their uh, documentary collections. It's a very... There's a couple it's not part of the, the Louisville archives. It's part of their art... Well, they're all housed physically in the photo archives, but yeah. they have what they call the fine print collection, yeah. which is a separate thing. I don't know where they... Well, I don't know either. But the, and the Museum of Modern Art, I think, has one of this. I'm not sure. This one? Yeah, this is one of the... Well, that was probably one of the wi most widely... Distributed? Uh, yeah, published photographs of the, of the you know, late 30s and 40s. Okay, now I just have two slides that stand for the OWI period. This one, which is also from Louisville, Yeah. of some railroad workers or yeah. something. And With flash is, outdoors. I yeah, guess. you can see a little bit of the, yeah. the shadow cast there. This is August of 42. August of 42. Yeah, okay, that was just right after I was hired. Yeah. and uh, So that is part of a whole series of men working around the railroad, I guess. Yeah. One and, of the big problems, you see, the war years early was transportation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Stryker was always interested in all forms of transportation. On every script he ever did, you know, it had to do with whether it was buggies, horses, locomotive, airplanes, or something. He was an economic geographer. Yeah, and that's certainly a key link. And this is a, a slide of the publication of this uh, steelyard picture. Yeah, right. That is that, I told you, the thing I consider the, my best work for OWI was the Bethlehem Fairfield shipyard job where I photograph. Those are ways, you see. And when I tell you, you know, I, I said something about going up in a little steel thing that they going made up with a, a crane, little yeah. box. Sorry. <laughs> no such person. Yeah, I'll see you went up in one of these cranes, top of one of these cranes. Well, the two of them, no. See, there are two to each. See the bare bones of some of these ships? They're different stages. Uh huh. And there were 16 waves, enormous amount. Here are sub-assemblies in the foreground. And what I did, and this is maybe up eight stories already, so these things could be lifted up. See, they, these, I, one on each side was attached to this box, and then they lifted them up. The reason for the two is otherwise I would just sway freely. Oh, I see, make it possible. Yeah, I needed at least two to make it possible. So the two things got me up in the air, and that's about, I was up maybe 16 stories high. Plenty just high. floating in the air there with the makeshift little thing that the guys welded for me. Well, I did that in one day. And then I was so frightened that I, I really drank a lot that night. <laughs> I mean, I was paralyzed with fright. But the pictures I was very proud of. And this series is a whole total series on how a liberty ship was made, including the launching, the drinking, and the uh, sub-assemblies, and Every aspect of portraits it. of the men. There's some beautiful portraits. And that was that part I felt very good about. Mm -hmm. Was this published in Life? Is that what this is? No, you know? that's a U.S. camera annual. Mm. Double page in U.S. camera annual. Okay, this is sometime around 43. Yeah. 43, it is. Okay, now in a completely different vein, 
This is also dated 43. Well, that's Mary Jane Christensen. And I thought she looked very Egyptian. She's just silhouetted against the uh, some glass block. And uh, she used to come and visit me in Washington. And uh, somewhere along the line, I made that picture. And this is what? It's two negatives printed together. Is this a sand or a water? No, water. Water it's texture? A water negative, yeah. I have uh, made quite a number of you know, images of women where they're transformed by you know, other material, into other material. Light or water or mm -hmm. something. Yeah, here's a here's another one with this transparency. This is this well known one of the nude in the roadway here. Oh uh, yeah. This is from about forty six. Uh, yeah, that's later. That's much later. It's Lakeshore Drive. Yeah, that's Lakeshore Drive. That's much later. That was done in Chicago. And uh, probably forty six, forty seven even. And again, that was the continuation, see, of those things that I showed you it was doing in the in the air corps, in the quarters of the buildings, that one little picture I showed mm -hmm. you. It was just in one of Mary Jane. They were all of my interest in putting the things together, not with a double exposure, but by moving them around where I could put them. Uh, so they liked this, you see. I mean, this is a conscious effort to put that body on the horizon line. To align those lines? Uh -huh. And like I did. Mm -hmm. and if you look carefully, you know, they're is coming out of the shadow portion there. Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, and this is another, there's a couple of these from this period. Yeah, right. So this is, a, is in Lincoln Park here, and it's a combination of a, just people watching and looking, and one of my negatives of the glistening of water, the glitter of water. And so I, I have had a fundamental interest in light and its effect. I have had a fundamental interest in the peculiar property of photography that the negatives are transparent. I mean, I liked that. I always liked it. I liked the fact, you know, looking at uh, the negative. <laughs> okay, this is number 10 on my list. I just want to make a note. Here's another This one. is later. This is probably, what, 46? These are all 46 or so. 47, 46 or so. Yeah, this is Mary McNulty. And this is, a, see, this is of a picture that was turned upside down, what she has what what looks like a stump is really the bottom of a, of a tree a growing tree out of the ground. Yeah, that's upside down. But I wanted her foot to be there, and I liked the whole mixture and ambiguity there of what it was. See, I could tolerate ambiguity. Mm -hmm. yeah, here's a, most of the photographers could not. You see, had to be crystal clear. Right. Now here's Just like this, you see. To me, this was one of the more religious pictures. This is the one nun up in St. Mary's, a couple of nuns actually, and I gave them a copy of this. You mean this was made with them up there? No. Is this a bombscape? This is what it looks like from no, every time at the war no. photograms. Oh, I don't. It, I can't remember. Let me think. It could very well have been part of that series. Because when I just looked at it, it looked, it just really yeah. looked, had that map. What she thought it was, it looked like the body of Christ to her. So it, I had made this on a glass negative, an artificial negative, so I gave her a copy, a print of this. Now what to call those, I still call them photograms, you see. Because just like Kepish, you know, most of Kepish's things are, a lot of his things are that mm -hmm. you know, mode of making. Um, but the, the the bombing landscape, I really made. Uh, I sort of made an analog of bombing. I really dropped liquid. Oh, really bombed the yeah, material. Yeah, really bombed the material in miniature to create a kind of a so it's exploded out. So that would characterize those visually yeah, if I ran across one. Right, I don't. They some of those must be here. There were a whole series. I laid them out as a series. And it was actually, you know very peaceful and then hitting the target and were they mostly explosions. done with liquids and things they were done with all kinds of things i just was trying to simulate the feeling of a bomb not mm -hmm. you know, in the visual experience of it not make a duplicate of it mm -hmm. it was like writing poetry to me okay here's another photogram from this period yeah well that's uh, 
that's playing with uh, all kinds of reflecting uh, surfaces and optical surfaces. I've always played with lenses, like those things up there. The things you have in your window. Yeah, I mean, I've collected those and used broken bottles and magnifying glasses and yeah there's a whole there's a whole group here this is the this print is at the eastman house it is. and then there's a how come i'm not rich or something <laughs> uh and this is yeah, a whole group of these very clearly yeah. with prisms these are all this is different lenses with prisms and different kinds of prisms you know and i like that and i like the interpenetration of it to see now that Oh, certainly that was an effect of uh, being associated with Maholi and the light. But it also is a coincidence with my own interest, or I would have dropped it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a group of these here Yeah, that are um, variations on now, these themes. Again, why, uh, you know, you don't see too many of my things. I would work very hard at an idea, and then a lot of these things were sold to private collectors. Uh, and they just disappeared, I don't know. I didn't even keep records, you know, like... As I say, probably somebody like Aaron or Harry has a record of everything they've ever sold. I have no idea of where any of this stuff is. I would just sell them and go on about doing my business, which I'm essentially made all the money that I made to live by doing, selling jobs. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was no way in the world. And by this time, I had a wife. You know, and I was supporting her, and I like that. Yeah, these are all 46, 47. Yeah, well, this, we were married with Barbara, and it was kind of happy times. And, uh, yeah, and there's some real, just interesting, this almost looks like a, this is a whole different kind of form. Yeah. It's like a razor blade or something, and it's right. just a lens plus the lens image. Right, it's, it's a diffraction pattern. In and here's another yeah, one of these. that's part of one series that I made. And then I wouldn't even show half of them. Yeah. Or most of them. I would show some frames or something. Here's another one. Mm -hmm. A very interesting group. Again, they're very geometric. Yeah, and then they're different. Inherently. You see from Lottie Jacoby's, I noticed, being revived. These are very elegant little linear patterns made by taking a, without any doubt, made by taking a, a ferrotype tin and manipulating it from the cast lines. Mm -hmm. They're very... Uh, much more romantic as compared to mine. Well, these are kind of constructivist, constructivist in a Constructivist and much more violent. Yeah. I mean, I was really full of pep at that point. Here's one looks like eggs or golf balls or something on first. No, it's just light. You see, the whole damn thing is light. But it always reminded me of either a clown or a saint with the halo. Kind of a little figure in here, uh, you mean? And yeah, it's a Perot figure. What is the year of this one? This one is um, 47. It's very interesting because... This is number 19. Out. Jerry Yulesman picture, but this is so much better than the Jerry Yulesman well, picture. I mean, it's an abstraction, but it has a feeling. But to me, it's much more intriguing to want to look at this picture. Well, Jerry's are so programmed that he runs a very thin edge. You see, some of his pictures are extremely successful, but frequently, the more he works, the worse they get. Yeah. Really. And we are still looking at uh, right, number so 19 on my list. Actually, I don't like the vibration noises of this thing, you know? Um, now it's quieter. Yeah, you just have to, yeah. Uh, I just like the way this halo came out and uh, the sense of internal radiating light. And I think that's what made these people unconsciously talk about religious things, the nuns. Ah, uh, hmm. sense of the light, yeah. Uh -huh. The sort of magical and inner radiant light. You keep running across those phrases in medieval um, stories and yeah, it's philosophy true. It's a, and whatnot. It's a kind of classic symbol. Yeah. Okay, well, here's another one from around the same time. Uh, so, yeah, now this is part of a liquid series that I did where I took and squeezed things between a couple pieces of glass. And they remind me of the whole ambiguous area between the... Um, extremely large scale things and extremely small. To me, this is the kind of look that one gets and that I saw in aerial photographs. It also reminds me of the things I kept seeing through microscopes when I was taking biology. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, looking through the uh, 
the mating of leaves or animals and blood flow. Would you work with a 4x5 format on most of these? Yeah. Yeah, that was the size of my enlarger. Okay. But, now. Um, you know, this, I started working in that area of the enlarger, the artificial negative concept, but I always made, you know, hundreds of working directly on the, uh, uh, the paper. Contact printed, you mean? Not contact printed. Oh, light I know. painting, one would almost call Light it. thrown directly on the yes, paper. Yes, right. direct paper. light manipulation of the, of the sensitive material. Okay, here's the first, one of the early color ones. This is one of the... Yeah, that's one of that series I was showing you, Barbara, and I made a whole raft of them. Uh, and at the time, everybody was just absolutely baffled as to what these were. Huh. And... Uh, well, still today most people are baffled, but by now people have become a little more sophisticated. But th there wasn't anybody that guessed how this was done. Hmm. Nobody. I showed them a lot of professional art directors, and they were very excited by them. And uh, this is just projecting a slide, yeah, and then photographing yeah, the, the result. Thing. It was a part of my montage making. You know, I just wanted to control it, and you can see how elegant Barbara was in mm -hmm. her face. They were very nice pictures. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of these at the Museum of Modern Art also that are... There's one with a fire engine, really? I think. That's yeah. A, that's a, well, I don't know. I'll be interested to see what your... Uh, all the material you gather, because I sure don't know about it. Now, this is just... This is made in Point, Lo Point Lobos. Yes. In 47, on your trip that's out right. there. That's mm right. -hmm. Very uh, much a... Uh, it, it actually could go with the photograms. It's much That's right. Light it's almost the same thing. It's light and liquid water. and the manipulation of it. And it's, you know, right on uh, Edwards' uh, beach, and I have some pictures. Actually, some uh, four by fives, you know, I told you, developed in pyro. Yeah. That uh, it's interesting. They're, they're Edwards' rocks, but some of them are actually very dirty pictures. <laughs> I mean, they're not like Edwards, strangely enough. I mean, they're phalluses. Hmm. Uh, have to print those up and take a yeah. look at those sometime. Okay, now this is all, uh, the following bunch in this tray is uh, standard oil. Now, were these at Louisville? Yeah, this is a page out of that book. Yeah. You know, all those big books. And each of these is uh, stands for 10 or 20 pictures that were made at, yeah, you know. Yeah, sort of a synoptic, uh, is that what you call it? I think so, a synoptic. Uh... So this is, a, these are all 1951. Now, we kind of skip ahead here. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of these. That, these are all a sequence of fueling this airplane. Right, I uh, uh, see that's Newark Air Service. That yeah. was probably the time I went there, and uh, Roy told me to. Everybody was freelance for Roy, and he did use people like Esther Bubbly or Old Corsini. Mm -hmm. His main photographers were Corsini, as I recall, and uh, and uh, Russell Lee. Russell went to the Mid East then and went all over the place. Yeah, these are all pretty much from this. Yeah, that's a, that was a story. I call it a story. A group of pictures of fueling airlines. That's all. And, mm -hmm. uh, how it fit with uh, aviation products for Standard mm -hmm. Oil. Now this one is uh, from a print that's at the Eastman House. That's also from Standard Oil. That's the, this is number twenty-six on my list. Yeah, well, that must be part of that same series. Yeah, on the back it says, "Please return to Standard Oil." <laughs> Well, that was so typical, you see. Uh, Roy, once, I, I, didn't, I have not talked to you about this, but when Roy was at, at the OWI, uh, he got into some kind of argument with, you know, with, uh, with uh, Steichen, and somehow I got in, mixed up in between those two guys, which I, I had, Steichen got me confused with Stryker. And uh, he became rather antagonistic, um, but Roy's uh, relationship—I can't remember the exact relation. Beaumont wouldn't remember this, but uh, I think Beaumont. I can't remember whether it was Beaumont or Steichen uh, wanted to treat the photographs as if they were works of art, and Stryker. Didn't like that idea at all. He said, I'll give you as many prints as you want mm -hmm. and put them in a file and people can look at them and when they wear out, I'll give you another set of prints. I'll replace them. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I'm telling the story because it illustrates Stryker's attitude towards photography and art. I mean, these pictures were not any of them made as art. They were made as information conveying devices for a very popular, from a very populist kind of view of information for education and uh, understanding the economics and politics of uh, the world. Which is very different, you see, from both Beaumont and Stryker's, uh, Steichen's attitude. The fine print attitude, yeah. yeah. I mean, Stryker was not enthused about Paul Strand, for instance. Here's one of he wasn't enthused about Walker Evans. He fired him. This is right around that same time. This is a barge delivering oil to a Ford plant. Yeah, well, that, that was part of when I was there, and this is just showing uh, how the barge service operated. I think there's another one of this. Right, of Standard Oil. Yeah, so barge comes out of Wilmington, Delaware. And there's a I think there's another one of this right of Standard Oil. Yeah, so Barge comes out of Wilmington, Delaware. And there's a whole series of those things. And that was picking up from where I'd left off when I went into the airport. I mean, I just got off a of barge and went to the uh, induction center. All right. <laughs> In essence. Yeah. yeah. This is a uh, farm getting fuel delivery. Yeah. Yeah, they're, you know, straight kind of pictures. And this is uh, New York Central Yards across from... This. I love this picture. I can't remember. Where in the hell did you find that? Well, Andy Anderson at uh, Louisville called these out for me and made the slides and just sent them up. It was sort of, you know, he went through and picked one out of each yeah. group or assignment like yeah. that. So well, I was very excited. I can give you the negative number if you want to get a print of it. I should go down there sometime. Yeah, uh, you should. This is Weehawken. Right, yeah. And I always thought the view from Weehawken was the most beautiful view in America next to the Grand Canyon. It's the be most beautiful view of man-made objects, as far as I'm concerned. The, these yards and the New York City well, skyline? Well, no, not the, just the New York Center skyline. And I proposed to Pepke that he buy up Weehawken, which was totally corrupt and, and available. I mean, it was filled with uh, broken down rooming houses and everything. And right over here, I think it's 42nd Street. You know, so you're 20 minutes from downtown mm -hmm. New York. And uh, Pepke didn't think that build a, was build a resort hotel with a good view, huh, or something? No, just build a whole bunch of apartments there. Well, it was an idea whose idea had not yet come. Would have been good advice <laughs> to oh, take. Oh, well, now it is, you yeah. see. That's all floated, as I understand. I haven't been there. Uh, but it's loaded with, uh, and will be more so, with uh, expensive buildings. The objection, you see, that people had at that point was that there was a railroad yard in the front, you know, in there. But that didn't bother me and shouldn't bother anyone else. The view there is spectacular. Now, what Feininger did, you see, was take a long focal length lens and shoot mm -hmm. across the river. You know, yeah, and just get little pieces little of Little pieces mm -hmm. of the skyline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's the. That's the end of the Standard Oil See, stuff. See, that's typical again. I never really knew. I'd shoot these pictures, and it was. I did a, what I thought was a conscientious job, but I never went through and you know picked out the good ones or had to show them or that. That was not my job. Now this is one. Of, this is from uh, Life. Yeah, this is the last page, and what this records. Uh, I was coming back from a from Milwaukee uh, on a train and uh, I was got to noticing the signal lights that kept flashing and changing. Mm -hmm. So what this is, is a couple seconds. Oh, out the window? No, I stood up uh, and they had a double... Like an observation dome? Yeah, an observation dome and I took a couple... See, that's why you're looking directly at it or moving at the lights. You're moving at the lights. The thing that I had earlier done with the automobile, where I had somebody drive me around, which was totally different from what had been done. Kepisher, Nathan did some, Holy did some, everybody did some, but this was my variation. Anyway, that's a couple seconds of what you would see if you were looking out the window on the Milwaukee train coming into Chicago. I mean, it's a really 
direct visual record in time of a couple seconds of looking. Mm -hmm. It's not abstract. See, I've had a long fight about the word abstract. In camera club circles, if something, you know, take three vegetables or take a piece of uh, a building or something, they call it an abstract. Well, that's no abstract to me. I mean, it's a piece of a building or vegetables or whatever the hell it is. And in some cases, you may not even recognize it. There was a great vogue of magnifying little things. Right. And they call them abstracts. Well, they're not abstracts. It's the things of eraser. It's an eraser. It's very straightforward. It just isn't recognizable. That's right. The scale's different. I mean, and, and a picture here, of bacteria is not abstract. And they're still doing it, incidentally. Oh, yeah. You know, with alloys, guys that photograph alloys and metals. In color these days, they call them abstract. Well, it isn't abstract to me. That's an alloy of chromium and... Very this concrete. It's absolutely concrete. And this is the scale change here is in time rather than. That's right. If I'd taken and if the train had stopped and I'd taken a picture there, everybody recognized instantly what it was. But it's the transformation of time, which is a typical 20th century problem. Do you think that the photograms are abstract or could be? A, no, the photograms are abstract a lot of them. That, that word makes sense yeah, in the photogram. Right, because it doesn't correspond. And it's interesting, you see, the photograms of Man Ray are not abstract. He never made an abstract photogram. They're very object-oriented. They're object-oriented because he was a surrealist, essentially. The photograms of Maholi are practically all abstract. I mean, I've learned to read a lot of them, how he made them, what materials he used, uh, and work with them. Uh, those are abstract because you can't read back and the intent was not to record reality where with Man Ray I don't think you can find an abstract radiogram. They all have a That's conscious montage of some elements you recognize. Right. Yeah. Well, let's go on here. This is this is this, uh, this is just a yeah, title of this. Right. This this is the Life magazine article in uh, November of 1950. Now that had yeah, and I, I keep thinking it's later, but it was earlier. You know, 1950 was very early. That's a beauty. Well, but that's only part of it. You see, there were maybe 80, 90 photographs of that lemon. Mm -hmm. And there, I I deliberately placed that lemon in a reality situation. It's balanced on the edge of a chair or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's the side of a pool. And what I did, I decided to make a picture story called The Travels of a Lemon. But that was, you know, on a visual basis, not, it wasn't not a kitsch thing, but yeah. Right. It was just the lemon would go into different situations. The reason for this is, even though I was very groggy, by this time it had gotten going, and I did some slide films for. Uh, International Harvester with a writer and a, uh, a, uh, a movie guy. Can't remember their names now. But kind of pioneered again as a team. What we tried to sell them was the idea, and we did a couple slide films for them, of doing them in reality with uh, real people. See, that's always been one of my pushes. Mm -hmm. Even where we were selling Good. So we'd use a real salesman. I remember, oh, I was so zonked out. We'd go up to places like Waukegan maybe for 10 days and shoot around a uh, sales uh, place and did a whole slide series mm -hmm. uh, using real people and real situations. And I would adapt to whatever we encountered. Well, that was for for a very almost forbidden tactic at that point. They'd like to have everything shot in the studio with actors and everything under control. They, they don't have enough confidence. It's kind see, of a Hollywood mentality. Yes, right. And Hollywood would rather, and did, you know, build pieces of New York rather than going to New York. That's all fairly new now, shooting off in, uh, you know, a natural scene. Yeah, that's partly a technical problem with the film, too. But it always was, yeah. But it's more a mind problem, I think. It's more a mind problem. Today they do it, and particularly with the invention of fast film, improvement film, that really was their head. And the sound recording technology. So As that got better, yeah. Uh, anyway, we went down to Phoenix, Arizona to do the, some slide films, or one or two, on the uh, farm wall... Cub tractor. Now this is the International Harvester people. Yeah. And you. Yeah. And it was in February, as I recall it. 
It's a nice time to visit Phoenix. That's what we thought. And that's why we went to Phoenix. And we put up at this very fancy motel next to a swimming pool. We get there, and the industry, in its highly efficient way, had sent the wrong tractor. <laughs> so we had maybe six, eight people there, all very expensive people, in this expensive motel, nothing to do. So I started photographing the changing light, that was one series, uh, on the pool. Yeah, I have that here. And the other thing I did was the travels of the lemon. There were lemon trees there. So I took some of the lemons and put them around in the different places. You know, on chairs. Uh, A real busman's holiday. In the, in the uh, pool. And in addition, it was freezing cold. So <laughs> nobody could go swimming. Oh. It was absolutely freezing cold, the reason we had gone there. But after, I don't know, they air-expressed a farmall cub, I think, from someplace like Cincinnati or Indianapolis. But I, the highly wanted efficiency of uh, industry has not impressed me since <laughs> I, you know, for, I worked with them for so long. So that picture here of the lemon was... Yeah, it's part of a series of travel <laughs> lemon. Made during a, during a lapse in uh, no, but the other thing. Showed well, I'm telling you this, you see, it, it was no great uh, shift in my thinking from getting prepared to photograph the pictures, the, the tractor, know, the, the tractors, and these things that I did for myself. I mean, I was not, I did not do pictures that I did not like. I didn't, never did, I did very little photography that I would say, you know, I didn't like to do. I mm. enjoyed the challenge of photographing those damn tractors. Mm -hmm. Now this is also from, I think was also in this, um, in the Life magazine Yeah, spread. well that was done somewhere. Somewhere else? Yeah, I don't know, Arizona dried out mud, I don't recall exactly where that was made. Yeah. And, and this is the Winona? Yeah, now that's the one that was made up in Winona on this trip when I was lecturing on photography and I just saw it and it knocked me cold. I mean, it looked like a stage set to me. And uh, it had everything that I adored at that moment in terms of light, my exploration of color. It was all set up for me, just waiting. And when I was photographing that, people looked at me like I was an idiot. Mm -hmm. Well, there's nothing there. There was nothing there, and they didn't know what I was photographing. But, you know, again, contemporary photography, I mean, people think those vaults have something new. Mm. Yeah, I was... You know, I... But this is better. I mean, well, this is much more emotional. Yeah, but still. And classic. But still, this is, you know, 30 years before Bonks. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's interesting. And this is a wrecked building in Chicago. Yeah, somewhere. they were wrecking the old west side where they're building these new uh, hospital things. And uh, so I wandered around there and made a whole series, essentially, of the breaking of the windows busted. And there I have a slide just of that somewhere, of this transformation of shape. Just the top three yes. on the right here? Right. The kind of thing I think Edward, uh, Brett did some. Brett has a f one real well-known one of a thing like this. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I, did, I don't know when Brett did those, but I was not aware of one in any case. Mm -hmm. And this was in color. But I like this look. There was, you know, some uh, bird-like forms in it and that kind of thing. Yeah, here's the first of the uh, reflections, oh, yeah. the series. Yeah, but that's already pooed out in the color. See, that's the the printed page there has begun to fade. This was more yellow? No, it was, it was more white and more red. More neutral and it, reddish. Yeah. Red in this awning uh, or, or whatever that yeah. is there. What you're looking at... It's an upside, well, it's a reflection. It's a reflection. See, this is the edge of the pool. And I was just... Every, every day, I think it was about three days we had to wait, every day I'd spend some part of the day photographing the pool. A day... Early days. Yeah, here, here they are. Let's look. This is 37 oh, yeah. in my list. And here's the... Yeah, so here's that same thing, but the wind's blowing. Yeah, yeah and here's number three in that series. And that's... See, then the camera clubs or critics, uh, you know, are stupid. They would say that this is an, ab an abstract. This is, isn't an abstract at all to me. Straight to put you see. Straight photograph of the restored reflection produced by the wind blowing of those same awnings. Now they wouldn't say that it's abstract about the others because they could still recognize it. Yeah. Now the color may be a little bit closer in this one. It's more it richer is. here. Yeah, it is. That's richer. Yeah. 
And here's another one. Yeah, but then, you know, there were hundreds of these pictures. Yeah, this is just a, from the group of slides you had called out about six of them. Yeah, see how it totally changes? You're still actually looking at the same thing. But the wind and the day and the time of day have totally changed the color. And that's what was very exciting to me, that you did, you were looking at the same thing mm -hmm. and how, how transformed it became. Okay, and then this is the number six. Yeah, and this is one very this. much, you see, when the wind is blowing from several different directions, producing this kind of encapsulated color refraction patterns. But actually, it's the same thing. I mean, the point of view varied a little bit. Somewhat, maybe. But essentially, yeah. it was from the same same point of view. And there's one that you had that wasn't numbered, but this was reproduced in the uh, in the uh, American Annual. Yeah, well, that was something else. This is not the same place. No. But it's a similar idea. And it's yeah, well, I think that was somewhere there was a dam or something, and I just saw the color organization you know, sort of going towards color field uh, mm -hmm. ideas. Yeah. Okay, now... I mean, truly, my thinking there probably was quite, uh, even though I wouldn't call that an abstraction, the, the color is much more abstract. The thinking is more abstract. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's more related to some of the photograms in a way. Right. Yeah. It's very formal, very formal. Yeah. Okay, this next bunch is all from... Um, various magazines. This is. Well, let me say. Wait a minute. No. Oh, this is another. Okay, this is another one from this uh, article in the American Annual, in 1951. That was. Uh, yeah. Th this may have been in Life magazine also. I don't remember. I'm not sure. Uh, the point here. See, I photographed a lot of things that everybody, that nobody would photo think of photographing in color, namely black and white and gray, fine tints. This is actually a color photograph. Yeah, it almost looks black and white here in here the reproduction. It does, but uh, in the slide, it had all kinds of very subtle kind of blues and pinks. Blues kind of and pinks, yeah. yeah. And I have things actually that are practically monochromatic, where I took tungsten film and photographed, you know, in Lincoln Park on very foggy days or very blue days. And instead of correcting the blueness, I used tungsten film and it accentuated the blueness. Added a lot of blue of yeah. its own. Yeah, it was a series of runs on blue. Okay, and this is number 45 in my list. This is the leaves on the ground that was also in that American Annual article. Mm. This may have been in the life. Yeah, I think it was. That's what, that's what most well, of those pictures again, were. This, this is a typical kind of stupid picture in a sense. All it is is some dead leaves and reflection, but it's very much like a lot of the color pictures of water and everything else. I mean, it's light and some way of modulating the light. Inherently, the picture is exciting because of the photograph, not because of the subject matter, which is total, that's the difference between photojournalism, you see, and a lot of art photography. The, in photojournalism, uh, the subject. documentary, if you don't get the subject, then you're not doing anything. Whereas here, it's much more personally oriented in the seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that the objects that you're photographing, or as they say, the subject, the subject in these kind of things is the, f the mind of the photographer. That's the content of the picture. Here's a couple that, this is this, this group of the cocktail party. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's Molly Swates, the one who was secretary. And that's Bob Tagg, who was teaching architecture, a wonderful guy, who again was a friend of Ferdinand Leger when he was there during the war years, uh, last part. Invasion of Paris or something, you know, he saw Leger. And this is a kind of a personal photojournalism, if I could coin that expression maybe. It's not, it's about the subject, but it's also having yeah, a certain amount of fun with it. It was like a family album, too, at that point, you see. Yeah, it's very curious when it's published because there's no n mention of who these people really are. Right, you know. we were wondering when we first looked no, at No, that's Charles Wiley. On the left, architect. Architect, on the yeah, right. In San Francisco, married Alicia beautiful girl who was a student at the school, and this is Vander Mullen, who also was an architect. The guy with his arms crossed uh -huh. over. And, uh, Wait, was this party at your house? Or no. was this a couple different parties? Or No, no. Well, I did photograph several. I got interested in the idea of photographing the cocktail party, just as Free Lee Friedlander and Gary did much later. Yeah. Uh, but there, you see, these are artificial light things. I mean, I'm really out on the end of the technology there mm -hmm. at that time. 
Well, that's Barbara with a little, you know, pillbox hat, and uh, Miggs uh, Winnegar, who's died. Not too long afterwards, she was the representative of Noel and went to Cranbrook. Oh, yeah, yeah, you said yes. Yeah. Is this bounce flash by any chance off the ceiling? No. It's just it's available just light? Available light, yeah. yeah. This. I don't know who that woman is or what she's doing. I liked her hat, obviously. <laughs> ladies wore gloves. My mother, you, you know, you always used to tell me you could tell a lady by the fact that she wore white gloves. Oh, this is a picture of a lady. This is number 49. All right, come back here. Fly, let go. And here's... Uh, so these are very elegant women, and obviously this is a big cocktail party someplace. And, yeah, uh, fairly. Their expressions and gestures, you know, bodily attitudes and pearls and everything just tell a great deal about the social, that mm -hmm. social, social, the furs, veils. In terms of the gesture, this one next one of the two men is really... Uh, yeah, but great. you see, it's very much like the previous one. I mean, I'm yeah. very gesture conscious. Uh, where this was, I don't remember. Just some Chicago area party you were yeah. at? Yeah, well, I used to love parties, go to them. And, uh, these, I think, were too young. I think they were architects. I hmm. like this one very much. Yeah, this has got a nice feeling. Lot, well, there's a lot to this one. Many, someone operates in many levels. I, I like this one. And here's the... And that's Barbara on the, on the right, and that's Sybil Mowley, you know, with a veil over her hat and her furs. She, I think this was, you know, had a head on it. Some <laughs> yeah, animal. I remember those kind of furs. Yeah, my, I think my mother had a fox thing, which I always hated, because it had this little fox head. <laughs> Yeah, my mother had a little mink pen. But that was really, really curious. Remember, yeah. Really curious. And, <laughs> you know, this looks a little... I don't know where this was taken. Anyway, there is Sybil all dressed up. And people used to dress up, you see. I mean, if you went to a party, you dressed up. Yeah. Okay, here's, the, here's a couple that were in uh, U.S. Camera Annual around uh, the same time. 51 or 52. That was the article I was for you, the one you didn't have. Two page. There's just a, a two page. There's a two pages. There's this full page with this, you know, over here, these dandelions. Mm -hmm. And then there's, the, in the bottom of that, the column left over, there's this little one of eucalyptus trees mm -hmm. that looks like it's a roly. Uh, yeah. It yeah. Which are kind of curious because the sort of straight nature thing is not the most predominant element, but I guess that year that's what they want. <laughs> or... Or maybe that's what you, I don't know, would Tom Maloney have said, gee, send me something, or would he have just gone through some things, or do you have any idea how it would have happened? Oh, I would bring a whole portfolio in there, and they'd pick a couple things. That's, uh, that's the way it used to work. Really. Mm -hmm. You'd say, well, leave these, and maybe we'll use them. Maybe we'll use them. This is the way they still do. Okay. Uh, well, I've got a lot of color things. Let me take a, let me take a break right here for a second, because I'm right at the end of this.